Jun wanting to go deep. And he's got him! Jamison Williams eating up the yardage again. Here's a big hole. Look out, he is gone! Travion Henderson! And hand to Brees Hall. Brees Hall! Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Zach Tao. With me is Chris Kay and Andrew Katz. After a long weekend, 4th of July weekend, um, do you guys have a great holiday? It was good. No complaints. Yeah, it was Andrew. good. We uh, cook, cooked out, uh, chilled out as much as I guess I can with uh, just the realities of long weekend and kind of... Uh, just getting ready to, I guess, grind through the week now. It is a short week, right? It's already almost Wednesday, which means, I mean, we only have like, was it seven Saturdays before CFB starts? And I mean, we don't even have, there's no month at this point that without CFB. So, I mean, right. It, it's pretty much, it, we're here pretty much. So you, you still got your wallet, still got your phone, you're good, right? Dude, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Recovered the ID. Haven't lost anything of value since. So we're in a good place. So like five days ago? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. To your point, Andrew, to your point real quick, Zach. Yep. I was thinking about this morning while I was going for a run. I was like, man, like July 4th almost feels like the excitement line for CFF. Like we're, we're like, this is the last month that has no CFB. August, we're here. It's the end of August, and we're at the very beginning of July, but uh, it does feel like this is the line of demarcation of, like, it's time to get, like, real jacked up about it. Right. Not that we haven't for three months already. Right. I mean, I yeah. would love to put myself in that mindset, right? Like, uh, go back to, and be a little kid on Christmas, but, I mean, we've been drafting since February and March, so it's a, a little different for us, I guess. Um, but I, I, I guess I could put myself in other people's shoes in that regard. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're not the usual um, casual players. So, like you guys said, it's been a few months that we've been kind of entrenched in it all. So, but speaking of entrenched, and we just got finished with our um, dynasty league startup draft, forty-five rounds. Chris and I went live and did the first twenty rounds. Andrew wasn't with us. Um, we, we were messaging him during the draft, getting his feedback kind of on the fly best we could. But we want to talk about the, I guess, the remaining 25 rounds. And then I guess the whole draft, the whole team as a whole. Uh, and Andrew give his thoughts on our team and how, how bad we did. Um, Cause that's all we've heard about the last two weeks. But um, for the most part, I, I feel pretty good about it. Chris, I think you feel pretty good about it too, from what we've kind of talked about. I feel good um, about it. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's only a certain amount of uh, confidence you can have getting out of these. You know, it's almost like the first 10 to 15 rounds are, are what, like, you can feel good about and the rest of them feel like a crapshoot. So we'll see. Well, you, you kind of hope that you get some guys that are like 15, top 15, 20 round picks that fall into the 25, 30 range that you can kind of snag. But I don't know how many of those we really had. But I'll go ahead and pull it up. So I don't know if anybody can really even see it, but um, can you guys see it or no? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. So 
we've already talked about the first 20 rounds. We can just kind of skim through it. Andrew, is there any picks that you really like in those first 20 that you weren't so, there for? That I really, that I really like. Um, I mean, or don't like, or don't like you. I guess you can just my fingerprints trash are on, team on, on some of these in both halves of the draft. So I mean, there's good, there's good things to say about those picks. Obviously I, th- I think generally though, and that in, in Startup drafts and in supplementals, the main thing you want to avoid or that I try to avoid is just like, for lack of a better term, worthless depth. Guys that are just going to, when they step into your lineup, it's really just at a replacement level. Like what you can, you can find those guys on waivers, right? So what's the point in burning an actual draft pick on them? And I think we did a decent job of avoiding a lot of those. Uh, I mean, some of your guys ended up, I, I would bucket at them into those categories, right? Ky- Kyrie Robinson, your boy, uh, the rice guy. Um, like, I, I don't know. what what, what is you, You've clearly managed to sell Chris on on them as he started drafting them subsequently in <laughs> some of our best balls. But I, I don't understand the, the love affair with, with these players. And I didn't want to push back too hard because – I mean, I won't pretend to know no. anything about all 131 teams. Like I, lean, I try and lean upon uh, others in my network uh, that, when it comes to certain schools, certain conferences, when they have a better feel for things, their boots are a little more on the ground, so to say, so to speak, uh, when it comes to those schools. So I don't know what you've read on these schools that, or these players that actually has us uh, wanting to have these players on our roster from afar. I think they're worthless picks, but I'd love to give you the opportunity to sell sell, uh, myself and the people on them. So there wasn't a ton of just necessarily research done to say, oh, yeah, this guy is better than, you know, whatever guys we could have picked. But the way I was looking at it, and I guess the guys you're talking about are down here in, was it, Kyrie Robinson running back from San Jose State. We got him in the 33rd round. (laughs) I think we started talking about him at round about 23. Um, we ended up grabbing him at 33, but my, my thinking was at that point, you know, he's a running back that's going to be probably starting for a a team. And by then most of the starting running backs were gone pretty much all of them are gone. So I'm thinking, all right, well, he's going to be at least productive in the sense that he's going to start and we're getting him because we kind of went, if you look at our draft, we waited a little bit on running back. Then we went running back, running back, running back right there at Sanders, Bowser, Brown. And then Jaden Blue there in the 11th round. And then our next running back, Colby McDonald, Garwo, Branson Robinson. We didn't have a ton of depth that could play today. And I felt like that was my thinking with him, if that's the guy you're talking about. And then the same thing with – my rice guy. And I got him in the 41st round, Ari Broussard. Yeah. So, so for me, uh, Kyrie Robinson actually projects very well. And I think a little bit of that is just pure usage at San Jose state. I think they do tend to go a little heavy on usage for one. So if their offense is pretty good and they score a decent bit, like, like we expect just, them to. Yeah. And like, they have a good bye week and, like, I think just generally speaking, if that's the case, he's going to do well. He's an old guy that's going to be the guy. You know, last – I think they lose the other – like, the 1A to his 1B last year. So, he projects well for me, so I was cool with it. 
you know, I think running back was our weaker position for sure outside of the top 10 to 15 rounds. So it was like, okay, well, who can we get that like makes sense to kind of, you know, build up the roster a little bit. I understand what you're saying. Mm. Uh, I do too. With like the whole, like, well, if you, if I can just pick you up, but you have to remember it's a 45 round draft with 12 teams he was picked 520. 16, 16 teams. 16 teams. So you're looking at so many players gone. And you see it in the winning edge league, which I don't think you're actually in now that I say it. Correct. Uh, it's just like there's nobody on waivers. There's nobody. It's like ridiculous, like trying to find a replacement at some level. So do I think he's some superstar? No, but I like his bye week and best balls. I think the usage is going to be there. If he's actually good or not, who knows? Is he running for 3.5 or is he running for 4.5? Like, that'll be a big thing. But I like him enough. I like him enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, for most people that um, didn't, they they saw our first 20 rounds live. We ended up grabbing Brew McCoy in the 23rd round. How long could we have waited? I don't know, but I was starting to get a little nervous that he might go soon. And I don't know if Chris, you remember that? I said he might be, you know, coming up here soon. We better take him or somebody's going to grab him. Then we're going to look stupid that we didn't get him. So (laughs) so we got to get him. I have have him projected at 807 yards rushing this year with eight and a half touchdowns. And then a little bit of receiving. Yeah. And a little bit of receiving action. What went through your head when Espel got him in a. I thought I took Bobo right before it was like this culmination of everybody that I like all at once. And then like a hedge and it was Bobo. It was Brew McCoy. My little bit of a hedge slash backup plan was Hyatt. And they like, I took Bobo and literally Brew went two picks later. Hyatt was the next pick. And then somebody else I liked in my top five or six of Q went. And I was like, well, there goes that. (laughs) Yeah, don't have to worry about that anymore. But vindicated is what I feel. So yeah, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? So you know, I, as I look at our draft, I I know it was a two tight end draft, but I thought we were are really strong at tight end, comparatively speaking to the other teams that drafted. Like we went Brock, Gavin, and who else? And then we got Billingsley. Then we got the Akron guy, Frank, and the, the freshman. Al- the Alabama guy who who went to Akron now. Okay, fair enough. And then Roush. And then the, the Alabama freshman. guy that went to Texas too? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. But I think we're, it, we're, none of our guys are seniors, right? I guess Billingsley, but it doesn't he have like two years? Three years, know, however many years seven he's Seven years, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, none of our guys – we could be set at tight end for at least two full seasons. Um, and Bartholomew. Well, we got super lucky, right? Like, Bauer yeah, should have never been there when we got him. No. And what he's... happened was then we were able to draft from a position of power, right? Yeah. Like, we got Gavin. That, to us, felt better than, like like, that felt like a value to us. And I know yeah. that's speculation to an extent, but like Lucas Kroll was really good and he's got two years. So then all of a sudden now mm-hmm. we're, we're drafting based on the fact that we have two guys with two years left. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I thought the, uh, the idea of a Stanford tight end was great, Zach. 
Yeah, I saw that in a different draft there. <clears throat> and I think um, the Akron guy is a true – I think he's a true sophomore. If he's not, it doesn't matter. He's probably there for two years anyways. Are you not and... familiar with his backstory? <laughs> no. He, uh, uh, he was on Alabama's campus for like two weeks and then was like, I'm out of here. And now he's at Akron. <laughs> I've seen enough. I need to go to Akron to make yeah. me feel better. <laughs> he's um, actually – I guess 2020 <laughs> didn't count. So that was his first season. So when he goes for 60 catches and 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns, he's going to go pro? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, you know Joe Moorhead loves to do nothing. If he does that, (laughs) if he does that, then we're set. We're winning this league. So (laughs) I think we did a good job. I I love our tight ends. We got super lucky that it like we were gifted a great start. But I think generally speaking, we did a good job with. Gavin Bartholomew, I think, is a great pick. So 14th yeah. round. Yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't give up our third tight end until round 28 in Billingsley. I'm shocked he was on the board that long, quite honestly. He, dude, he's, he's falling so much in like every format of drafts. I think that people are sketched out. Uh, and it feels like you haven't seen that much positive stuff about him this offseason since he got I, – I think he's – did he go to Texas for a spring? I can't remember. Uh, but, like, you hear more positive stuff about his backup, Jatavian Sanders, than you do him. And I don't know how meaningful that is, but I think that that's contributed to where you can get him in drafts, even though the upside is so super apparent, right? Yeah, that's fair. But 28, 28th round, I thought upside yeah. was really yeah. good there. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, any other picks that you liked or didn't like? Andrew, and and I'd say start like between rounds twenty and thirty. Maybe those picks. Do you not? Dude, I, I love getting Malik, uh, Malik Hornsby late and just let him chill. And all right, let, so many different ways he could hit. Right, like maybe he actually takes over and pilots and files offense at Arkansas, or moves to G five and just melts faces there. Um, I mean, the the receiver thing isn't really. That, like obviously not very optimal and that's they probably just use them in some sort of like uh gadgety type roles this year but like the plummy pump the plumley path is there for him that would and be i don't did idea. you watch did you you watched that that horror show of a, a bowl game last year uh, arkansas and penn state right yeah did you watch oh, that? it was bad yeah it was real bad yeah but <laughs> did you see hornsby when he like they gave him real run in the second half at qb like not to really throw the ball at all but like just watching that dude run dude it's insane what I mean, best case scenario is he plays enough at receiver that going into the next year he has receiver eligibility. Of course, he's an, <laughs> he's an actual starting quarterback. Yeah, and because we know the commissioner of the league, right, we're able to use him as a receiver. Yeah, the American, even dream. though he's a quarterback, <laughs> the American, dream. the Devin Johnson, in a sense, exactly. <laughs> so, looking at this draft, this is like the first time I've really just sat and looked at how it all panned out. So 22, 23, 24, Lavelle Davis, Brew McCoy, JJ Sparkman. I mean, I, th- I obviously we, we like brew for our, uh, as um, burning the red shirt, we, we like brew McCoy, but I think those three receivers could all three have great seasons and people will be talking about us. Like, man, you guys were right. Like, I think Lavelle Davis, I mean, he like six, seven. Yeah. I like, get nothing else. Like, if nothing else, he gets some red zone targets and, you know, continues for his freshman season. But um, 
Sparkman, you guys convinced me to draft him. I did a little bit of research after the fact, but you guys, as a matter of fact, Chris, you were pretty strong. Yeah, I was pretty about adamant it. about it. Yeah. It was, I think he's like pretty decent to good, maybe. He's a big guy as well. I think he's like 6'4. He's got, but like, it's, it's just the Texas Tech offense. Yeah. That's literally it. Like, it's, you have a pulse that's like the best pulse of the rest of the guys. And so there's a shot, right? Like that's all we're going for there at that pick. And they're going to throw it so much that even if he's just like receiver two or three, he's going to provide some depth for two to three years. Like, yeah, but the upside there is huge. I think. Yeah. So Jared commented on, if you saw that, he was mad we took Bartholomew. I believe is like when we took him, like he was in my headphones, like in the Discord. He was he was upset that we took him. Um, but there was a couple picks that happened to us that I wish we had gotten. But Daquan Finn, I'm gonna have to just execu- <laughs> executive action take him off a roster and put him on ours. And him and Gianti. <laughs> right. I will say if there's one pick I hate, and in hindsight, this is on both of us, Zach. This is not mm-hmm. a you thing or a me thing. It's on both Can I of guess? us. Can I guess? Yes, go for Nate, it. Nate Noel. Uh, no, not at all. I, I love that pick. Chris okay. was all over that one. Matt, I, I, that. I, I, I hated one. it. I couldn't believe it. He's like a five, that. six running back at App State. He's going to be there for six <laughs> more years. He's going to be great. Like, all what right. are you talking about? Bye. Antoine I, Wells Jr. That is yeah. cool, right? He is your typical great FCS receiver, goes FBS. The problem is, like, in terms of, like, the the situation is, like, typical and then he doesn't perform. And the problem with it is he's at South Carolina with a bunch of random decent to good weapons. There's nothing showing that one is going to be way better than the other. Like, what separates him from Rucker? And yeah, especially right, like right, like give me Rucker over him, I would say right, like and then like the offense does not pinpoint one over the other. Right. I think we panicked. Uh, it was the last pick of the twentieth round, and we were like, it was just so beat up at that point. Like our cues <laughs> were just brutal. Three hundred right. picks in. That we that's needed- our, in my opinion. I've thought about that one multiple times since then. <laughs> we needed to regroup. Like that was yeah, like- that was yeah. But it I thought Garwa was a good pick at 17, though, or at the 17th round. I thought he was a really solid running back to have, especially when we were light at running back. Yeah. It's fun. I've grabbed him in some drafts, and it, I feel kind of gross doing it because I, I feel like it's <laughs> it's in, inevitable that it just doesn't play out as well as it did last year. Uh, but yeah. who's to say? We got You're shorter. The- 27th round, that was, that was where Andrew said, hey, is shorter available? <laughs> and I looked, and I said – he is. He's our next pick. Like, nice. it was literally the next pick that we took. Because we were at the point where, like, all right, which way do we want to go? We had just taken back-to-back quarterbacks, Bo Nix and Jeff Sims. Uh, mm-hmm. and which, by the way, like, we didn't go strong quarterback. I mean, we went Schley to start. And then we went Prater, May, Peyton Thorne. I mean, that's – not the strongest quarterback room. Um, then Bo Nix, Jeff Sims, Hornsby. And then we, oh, this is Andrew's favorite. Eddie Lee Marburger at UTSA. Freshman quarterback there. Have you, have you guys looked at his like high school 
What? Like, who is it? Who is he? Are you talking to me? Why? Why do you think? Do you think that I just pulled this name out of my hat, or do you think that I, I've done the appropriate digging to be excited about him? Uh, I just pulled it out of your hat for sure. <laughs> I was curious if you had really done a whole lot of research on this guy because I was doing it when you when you said his name. Yeah, we were talking about. I think I was going through the the Athlon magazine and just like pulling names. Like, okay, that guy might be good, but yeah, what do you know about him, Andrew? <laughs> that he's gonna he's gonna be the next guy up at UTSA, right? I put up obs- obscene stats in the air on and on the ground. The on the ground numbers are insane. It doesn't even make <laughs> sense that like. I forget which number is more out of control. Like it's it's a thousand yards on the ground, but like twenty touchdowns on the ground his senior year, and he he threw the ball over all over the place as well. I mean, I'm it was at the point where I was like, all right, these stats are obscene. I need to actually like pull up the random YouTube videos and see if this guy can ball. And I mean, it looks good enough to me. It looks like he's he can do cool shit in the UTSA offense. And I mean, there's unless. So just to go them. ahead and throw this out there, yeah. he won Mr. Texas or yeah, Mr. Texas Football High School Player of the Year award. Passed for forty five hundred and five yards, fifty eight touchdowns, and ran for a thousand and nine yards and sixteen touchdowns as a junior. He's the man. Can I exactly. ask why he's going to UTSA? Need like a hometown guy? Oh, like no. much- Tell me he's from San Antonio, please. Uh, Edinburgh, Texas is where he was born. It's probably not far from San Antonio. You know, so, trailer has got those uh, those high school connections. So, Have you not seen the the Dave Campbell Texas football cover this year? It's it's Jeff Trailer and uh, the Texas Tech guy, and it, it's just paying respect to how connected they are at Texas at the high school level. Yeah. So okay. Let's go. Last quarterback we took, Donovan Smith. We grabbed him, I guess, just for a kind of a lottery ticket play. Like, best case scenario, he wins the job. Worst case, I guess, worst case would be that he just doesn't play at all and we have to cut him. But another good case would be that he were to transfer, go G5 and kill it. Yeah, so, he's got he's got um, a, a bunch of ways that it plays out. Like with forty five roster spots, yeah, well, let's let let's let him just sit, sit there and simmer for a year and yeah. see what happens. It doesn't have doesn't have to hit this year, right? I mean, we've got mm-hmm. enough QBs to kind of um, get to us navigate through this, yeah. this year and feel strong about it. So, I mean, I think he's got out uh, to start at Texas Tech this year. I think the the idea of his demise and his uh, the opposite of ascent descent. Right, descent to QB three has been. I think it's been overblown a little bit. Like, we're, what are we basing this off of? Largely, uh, spring game, right? And I mean, last time we saw a real football game for Texas Tech, he was obviously in a different system, but leading them to an, an awesome bowl victory and looking pretty good doing it after uh, throwing for like 400 yards on Iowa State just a couple uh, games before that. So, I mean, it's the, I don't. I think that he's got. Uh, more realistic chance to, to to start games at Texas Tech this year, and then, uh, I mean, I would love to know what Joe, what um, whatever his name, Joey McGuire, told him to. Uh, assuming that he sits presently at QB three on the depth chart, I would love to know what he told him to keep him from enter, entering the transfer portal before that May first or whatever it was deadline, right? Because mm-hmm. you you would think he could have uh, gone somewhere 
everyone was thinking Louisiana Tech, right? It had a chance to, mm-hmm. to start a, a good chance to start games this year. So, yeah. what what is our takeaway from him staying? Is he, does he just make a bad decision, or is he maybe a little higher on depth chart? Uh, I think he thinks has a realistic that. chance of winning the job. I would think. Yeah, or at minimum, maybe not just being QB three. Uh, right. And then, like the same opportunity presents itself next year to go uh, to go compete for here or go transfer out somewhere else. And we like his skill set, right? We like, I mean, he was a fan, he was pretty sweet in, from a fancy perspective last year. So, I think it's a good. It's like, what is the difference between investing in Donovan Smith or other quarterbacks that are that you don't expect to have any sort of value for at least a year? Except Donovan actually has. Has a chance at returning value this year, for sure. I think now the more that we talk about it, I've definitely I'm I'm on board with this. As opposed to grabbing a freshman that probably won't play at all this year, um, may not even play next year. I'd take my chances with Donovan Smith over that. I I think he's your like peak elite 40th round pick. Like that's a no brainer, right? Amazing upside. If he were to transfer, he's still very talented. Mm-hmm. He could go anywhere and be potent- – like if he goes to the right place, he could become very good. And by the mm-hmm. way, if you're taking a freshman there, like you said, Zach, like they're sitting a year anyway. So like what – At least, yeah. Right, at least. And then even then, like you don't know what you get, right? Like we've already seen him play. And he's not a mate – like he's not elite RG3 or, you know, some Johnny Heisman type elite talent. But like mm-hmm. he's – He's shown some talent, right? That's all I need out of a CFF guy. Yeah. So I think he's an amazing 40th round pick. I was surprised he lasted that long. Me like, too. I almost like looking at this, I'm like, we should have taken him at the Eddie Lee spot. Because like we, we risked not getting him, and he's he's in a better situation than that. But by the way, I looked it up. Edinburgh, Texas is like the most southern part of Texas. (laughs) Like, he's like basically in Mexico City. (laughs) You know, not not Mexico City because that's like southern Mexico, but you get the point. Like, he's literally like 15 minutes from the border. So you're saying the border wall would have been like in his backyard. (laughs) That's like, that's the best defense he faced last year was the border. So... Oh, great. Um, so I guess to kind of recap, we also had two defenses that we, we had to play one. So we got Houston and then Utah. We got them pretty, pretty late, like pretty good defenses late. Both had different bye weeks, so it works out great for us. Um, Is the 42nd round guy a placeholder? Or what does that mean? I don't know. That's a, that's, that's a true freshman that's receiver. Chris's, it's all Chris. That's my hookup with the C2C guys, Alfred <laughs> Your, your boy said he was looking forward to the G5 draft because, and, uh, and you know, the seven people that watch this, there's probably two of them in this draft. So I apologize, Alfred. <laughs> he had said that he was excited to take KD Hutchinson. He was a big name uh, freshman recruit that uh, that is like worth, a, for lack of better words, worth a damn. So I figured in that offense, why not take a guy? So sure. Here we are. Why not? Um, CJ Johnson, he was suspended as far as we knew. And then I guess I, I did a little digging and it said, oh, yeah, he was at practice in May. I was like, oh, perfect. We'll grab him. Um, 
in that offense. I was <laughs> I was being talked out of taking Jalen Johnson, the one I had talked about for like 30 rounds. Like, hey, when are we going to grab him? When are we going to grab him? We actually never grabbed him, so we grabbed C.J. Johnson instead. Um, Austin Bolt, I liked Austin Bolt because he has wide receiver and tight end eligibility. They say he's going to he's transitioned to wide receiver. We'll see how that kind of plays out, but um, there's a lot of promising things about him. Is that uh, a Boise guy? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I read something somewhere that said he was the fastest guy on the team, but I mean that could, could just be. You know, guys just talking, but yep. he's got to be pretty quick for the even be considered for that. So it's a good sign. Yeah. And then Caleb Smith was our 45th I, round pick. This was Chris. I, I think pick, so. This is I think it's a good, it's a good late pick because I think we can drop him. We'll know very, I think you almost want to know in these types of things, you want to know very quickly is this guy real or is he not? And do I have any yeah. issue just dropping him? Caleb Smith, within the first four weeks, three weeks, we will know 100% if we can drop or not. And we will certainly be able to do that. I think, I mean, he had a huge spring game. He had like two or three touchdowns. Uh, and, you know, with a new quarterback, he's the most seasoned veteran of the bunch. Um, Blue came from Temple and is an older guy, obviously. I think he's got only got this one year, but not that familiarity in any system matters because it's a new system, but like, you know, Smith's been there for a couple of years now. He had a huge spring. Give me three weeks. Let's see what happens. They play a softer schedule at the beginning. If he sucks, then we drop him. If he's good, we got really lucky that we got a, a pretty manageable depth guy there. I'm cool with it. I got no qualms. It's 45 rounds. You know, at a certain right. point you're like, who else could we – who else could we take? You know? It was funny because like there'd be times in the draft, I'm like, I don't know which, even where I want to go. Like, do we want to go another running back? Do we want to go another receiver? Do we try to stash a quarterback? Like, there were so many directions you could go, and then like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you'd get a guy like, oh yeah, we're grabbing him, and like he wasn't even on our board. And then you were like doing your digging and researching, and you find a guy and you throw him on the board. Okay, we're taking him next pick. Dude, so. you make you make eight hundred picks. You just find out of nowhere some random guy you just completely <laughs> lost sight of, and you're like, "Oh, sh-. like I forgot that he was on the board. Like he's available." Right. So, um, Andrew, do you have any final thoughts on our draft? No, the the team seems like it's it's gonna be good. Like you said, um, we'll make some cuts. We'll make some ads. We got good. Uh, I think we're kind of we've layered our our bets across multiple years and we feel good about the present. So ready to win this thing. Nice. All right. We'll transition then to a couple of, we put out a tweet um, before we went live about um, some topics for people to suggest to us to talk about. And we got one, um, we got a few actually, but Nate CFF Nate says any programs, offenses you are absolutely trying to stay away from in 2022. And then we, I think there was a, a, a one that was Virginia. I think Jared replied with Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, – I mean, I get it, right? Like, that's the hot Hold on, Mike, one. Mike says, we know in July if you can drop Caleb Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a 45th round pick. We're not doing this, Mike. Not today, okay? <laughs> I had a good day today. We're not doing this today. Uh, I just don't – like, I understand it, but it that – 
the whole Virginia thing to me feels like a couple smart people said it. And so then like everybody follows it when in reality, like we're relying on college coaches that are, that can be the dumbest people you've ever met about making decisions with talent. So you're telling me Virginia's not going to sling it with zero running backs that are worth a damn and four to five receivers that are worth a lot and a quarterback that's great, that's a gunslinger. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll bet on the, I'll bet on the, uh, on that rather than like the whole, well, this guy did this for four years and this mm. type of off, you know, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm not betting on that. No. Now, I will say, I'm not taking Armstrong in like the third round. I'm, but like, but anything past, anything starting in the fifth round, I'm 100% in on Armstrong. And people won't want to pick him in the seventh. And that's just completely wrong, in my opinion. That's true. So you're saying that people should listen to these three idiots over smart people? Correct. We are, we are okay. less dumb. We are less <laughs> dumb than other people. Correct. Fair enough. That's, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Andrew, did you have a, an offense that you should stay away from? Um, I to would be honest. Say, I don't really have one. I, this was not really. Prepped. Yeah. The phrasing, the phrasing of the question from Nate is so is such that I feel like I can't answer it as directly as he would like where I've not. I feel like I haven't identified offenses that I like absolutely hate, but byproduct yeah. of just thinking about where players are going and how I feel like the team is generally going to do this year. I, I, I don't think I've drafted a, a single Mississippi state player. Uh, Will Rogers goes way too early. Uh, for me, I feel like I'm cool taking AOC or uh, someone else that does largely the same thing multiple rounds later. Uh, the running backs, I get it in PPR. They're interesting, but they're probably going to split snaps uh, at minimum. And I don't feel like placing a bet on a running back that is uh, not going to run the ball ever pretty much. And then I need to just bank on him catching some balls to return any type of value. And then the receivers, I mean, we've already seen throughout this offseason that the the news cycle has churned out opinions that have drastically swayed uh, ADPs and just who is the receiver to target at any given moment. So I'm sure that will continue. So I just feel kind of sketched out about trying to target uh, any of their receivers and feel strong about uh, uh, placing that kind of bet. Um, I get it. My, like Mike, Mike Leach systems generally uh, – Put out at least uh, at least one uh, strong receiver, and he could probably even break it down between inside and outside and feel a little more confident in that direction. But um, he even owning leech receivers out, outside of Polk last year, uh, just owning in redraft where you could and drop leech receivers. Like it's not it's nauseating watching how often these guys are actually on the field versus when they're not, and how deep his rotations are. It's it, so. Yeah. I, and then yeah. thinking even more about it. So it felt like maybe it's Star Wars uh, three, three movie story of sorts where the good guys jumped out in uh, year one and the SEC kind of got leached. And then the Empire struck back in year two and he got them a little bit. But in year three, maybe the SEC starts to drop eight again and actually uh, says, uh, you know what, you're not going to be successful against us. You're not throwing for... 400 yards a game against us and we're gonna the good, the good guys prevail at the end of the day uh so yeah so i like i said it was not a much prep into this this question but i started thinking about it and 
I have to say, I'm not excited about the Boise State offense at all. Um, Anthony, weird. Right. Like Andrew and I talked about it the other day, how like Avalos is coming in. He's a defensive coach, first of all. Second of all, Hank Bachmeyer, he's very limited in terms of mobility. So it's not like you're going to have like a dual threat option there. Um, the running back room seems to just rotate anymore. It's not just the one guy we're just going to feed over and over and over again. And we talk about Cobbs being the, the wide receiver one. We assume that. I mean, I think everything leads to that. I, I don't see any reason not to. But what's the question we always keep asking? Who's the wide receiver two? And there could be 12 guys in play for wide receiver two at Boise. And it could be a guy we've never even talked about. So, like, there's not a whole lot of – I think I think when people think Boise State, they think, you know, 50 points a game. They're thinking about the old whack days where they just, score, like, outscore everybody um, like that. But I don't think that's the Boise State we're going to see anytime soon. So, so I'm not – Tim Plow said they're not going to stop until the scoreboard breaks and they score 50. Yeah. Except that's not <laughs> no stop stop stop. Yeah, I think this is sounds crazy. I I would rather have Brian Harson as our coach. Please than... take him, take him. <laughs> I because think at least problem... I know what the playbook looks like, and I know that it's effective at Boise it's State. Worked. Right. I I can agree with you. I think I agree with both of you. Like I think uh, Boise, you know, you, there's nothing special about Hank. Like. For Hank to be valuable, he'd have to throw like 35 touchdowns, and that's just not going to happen. So, like, I, and... I, I put him on this. He's a tier below Rippon to me. Like, as much as I like Hank and I wish he would play at a higher level, I don't think he's better than Rippon. He's yeah, just not going to do enough. Up. He's not going to do enough. And he's honestly going to get you – he's going to get you negative probably I mean, he, rushing, right? He frustrates me, but go on. So, but like also to go with that, right? Like, even if you thought he was on the better side of the passing side of things, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a proven number one. He has zero receiver two. He has no proven tight end, right? Like, not to say that Boise tight ends are like a big commodity, right? But like, Boise's always had this random white guy that like all of a sudden catches like a 45 yard touchdown pass, like right. every other game, right? Like, that's not there. Um, and then the Boise offense, like I, I've lost, I've burnt so much money on George Helani. I just can't even admit it. Yeah. You can, you can never get that man right. You say right. he's going to play, so you play him, and he doesn't play. He gets hurt or something. Like yeah. I just want no part of that. Um, so I, I, I would agree with 100. And Boise usually does have a great offense, right? Like, do. how many great RB one years do they have? You know, like yeah. I drafted Shaker and like. The first end of first, early second, like a hundred times last year. Right. So like well, they have had relevant guys. They had they had like eight or nine years in a row. They had a thousand yard rusher. It was I think the longest streak in college football, or it was it may not have been the they, longest, but it was up they, there. And they had nonstop receiver one seasons. Like what yes. was it was it Spurwack or who was that Thomas? <laughs> it's Spurbeck. Spurbeck. I Matt mean, that Miller. Guy was great. Yeah. You had all of those guys, and it just like now it's okay. Shakir was great, but you you see what they were they were so anemic on offense that they were putting him in the backfield. There's handing him the ball, letting him throw it, throwing him quick screens, like getting him the ball was the offense. And now that he's gone, I'm wondering what 
the adjustment now is like, do they go back to more traditional? We're going to play more, you know, pro style play action, the little trickery in there. Like, does they go back to that or is it going to be kind of just air raid? Tim plow wants to do like throw the ball over the place. I don't know that that's going to happen. It, it seems like they'll manage the game more than they will try to. Cause the defense is always going to be good. The defense is exactly. well, I think always, but they've, they've got some, some studs on defense and I think they're going to lean on the defense this year. So to answer this question, I'm avoiding the Boise state offense in general. I will go. I'll, I'll throw a team in real quick. I think Kentucky is a team I'm avoiding. Mm. Uh, you got well Levis. I mean like good quarterback, but he's getting drafted way higher than I feel more comfortable, you know, comfortable with. Um, they, you know, Chris Rodriguez was like your prototypical great running back to draft because they just like pounded him, pounded him nonstop with carries. But everything offseason wise has gone poorly for him. We don't even know if he's on the team. We don't know how long he's going to be suspended. If he is suspended, then they bring in like two transfer guys. One of them, Ramon Jefferson, I believe it was, right? We talked about him last, real, last week real quickly. Like, that's intriguing. Like, that's not great for, Rodriguez owners, right? So, like, I think running back's bad. And I do love Tavion Robinson, but considering all those things, I don't love Tavian Robinson in, like, the sixth round of best balls. So, like, I have not really seen myself have any Kentucky guys unless I can find Robinson in, like, the eighth or ninth round, which is crazy because maybe six, eight weeks ago I was taking Tavion in, like, the 20th round. But um yeah otherwise i want none of that i don't want any piece of that offense all right well i think we've kind of drug this on so i think unless you have something else to add andrew um no good good pump and dump on tv on though (laughs) (laughs) if only i could have like traded to about like to get some value out of that i would agree we're gonna jump to our our uh our win totals knock out a few teams tonight do it Um, so we're going to start with what team we've already kind of talked about a little bit tonight, UTSA. And they were 12-2 and two last year. I don't expect that again, but we'll see how it pans out. This is the first time I've looked at the schedule. So, What week does Eddie Lee take over? For- <laughs> uh, the, after the Texas Southern buy or before? <laughs> I'm going to say it's after. Yeah. All right, they open up against Houston. It's a loss. Loss, yeah. What? Yeah. What? What are your? What's your? Yeah. What's your general sense on UTSA coming into this year? Obviously, lose this year. Frank's yeah. back. Three top three receivers are back. I don't, I don't. As is tradition, I don't know anything about their line or the defense. So that's where the conversation starts. And ends, I, right? well, I think it's all right. They were twelve and two last year. Yeah. Like, do we think they can achieve that again? Like that seemed yeah. like a dream season, so I guess I just expect him to kind of come back down to earth. Even if it's nine wins, ten wins, like I think twelve is a very hard ask. Even though the schedule's yeah. not crazy, um, those first three games are going to be rough. I mean, I think they're going to definitely win the games they should win, and I think they're yeah. going to win games that are on the other side of that a little bit. Yeah. But they did have a little bit, you know, you don't have Sincere McCormick, right? Yeah. 
you know, you, you, you lose some juice there. And wasn't their top, your, their top receiver left too. Right. So like, Oh, I got Frank, right. I mean, uh, yeah, still there. Oh, okay. I, I get mixed up with the, well, it was the UTEP guy. It was Cowan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think their passing game is enough to like beat like teams like that, you know, like they like could push them like that, but there's, I, so I think funny. they're very good, but I just don't know if 12 is it. They're so funny because like you look at the schedule and it's like, all right, shit, things start out tough. So they're pro- they're going to have some losses, but mm. then you like, you pivot from like, think about it through a win loss uh, over under angle to like their conference championship odds. And they're huge favorites for obvious reasons in CUSA, right? Like who was challenging them outside of if WKU puts together, puts it together again. And right. like, look at the, the schedule just with respect to the conference schedule. Like it's the, it's conference USA. It's uh, right. exactly what you expect. Yeah. They might go and three and then end nine and three. <laughs> well, the one, their only regular season loss was to North Texas last year. So that's something to keep in mind. But let's start from the top. Houston, okay. loss. You agreement with that? Mm, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I think I, that's a loss. I think that's a loss. At Army. That one's tricky. It is. I, I'm going to give them the win. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know that they're going to go 0-3. Yeah, that's fair. I can give I'm them. Cool with that. I can give I, them I, so I that feel like they're going to win fifty-ish, but I I could I can get behind that. I mean, I feel like Houston. They're winning one of Houston or Army. I I, I think that's kind you of don't, you don't think it'd be Texas. I, I'm giving them a win over Texas. You think so? Fuck Texas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is the game that Texas wins. It's within the first four weeks, so yeah. they win that. Anything afterwards? This is te- Texas plays. This is the week after Texas. Uh, Plays Bama, right? Bama, exactly. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement that they lose to Texas. Here, Andrew may not like that. Fine, we. I mean, you still gets one. <laughs> Chris and I picked. Texas. All right, so they're one and two, and then one and get, two. They, they get, get Texas they get, Southern. How how close do you think Texas Southern is to where Eddie's from? Southern. Hundred miles. Southern Texas. <laughs> yeah, hundred miles. It's got to be close. I say it's inside 100. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Like, there's Texas is a large state, and the right. southern part of Texas is a large part of. <laughs> Maybe they give Eddie the, the nod for the for that game after Frank is so beat up after the first three. Like that's a tough. That is a tough three weeks to get through and come out unscathed. Maybe they let Frank rest up. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie starts a kind of a homecoming game of sorts, and then they think, oh, you know what, man. Frank, thanks, thanks. For all you did, but we gotta look towards the future. We're <laughs> two and two, and you've got eight games of eligibility left, dude. So according to this, they're in Houston. Is that that's not south that's enough? That's southern, right? No, that's not southern. It's like, it's like I mean, southeast. It's relatively, it's, it's like a Gulf it's South for east, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. So I Me guess pretending not. I know anything about Texas geography. <laughs> geography. Yeah, you northeastern yeah, liberal exactly. elite. Yeah. <laughs> Middle Tennessee. That's yeah, a win. win. I think we can do this fairly quickly. I yeah. think they win, win there. They win against Western Kentucky. Okay, win. Win against Florida International. Yeah. They're terrible. Revenge against North Texas. Yeah. Okay, they win that. Off. They win. A, a nice, nicely pay, uh, placed mm-hmm. by week because I think UAB is going to be a more challenging foe. 
I think they can win that. They one. beat them. They beat them last year, thirty-four, thirty-one. This one's at UAB. If that makes a difference, that one's a tough one. I, off the bye week is off the bye. Yeah, I think yeah. it neutralizes the fact that they were they're, they're on the road. I'll give I them love, a win. I'll give them a win. I'm good with a win there, unless you can tell me otherwise, Andrew. No, I'm I'm fine with it. I and, you know you gotta have QB play right like. Right. What's the UAB got, right? Like, who's their receiver? You know, like they have Shropshire, right? But like, eh, you know, McBride's their offense. Well, did they you better have a you good see defense. Dylan Hopkins has already gone off the board in G five, but Jacob Zeno is still there. Maybe you could take him to compliment your uh, your UConn <laughs> quarterback. Uh, no. Oh man! All right, let's move through it. Win against UAB. Louisiana Tech's to win. Rice, Rice Broussard. Is Broussard is running for 200 on them. Two bills. And they lose 38 to 7. <laughs> right. They lose. Okay, so they beat Rice. They beat. The, you know what the score of the Rice game was last year? 38 to 7? 45 to 0. Pretty close. <laughs> so not far. So Feels they're going to beat right. Rice. They're going to beat Rice, and then they're going to beat UTEP. So that puts them at how many losses? I mean, just three? the just three. the three to start. A nine right? and three. So they'll have nine wins. What's the? Do you no, know you gave, we gave them one and two to start. No. Yeah. So ten and two. Oh they, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had them winning ten at Army. At Army, we had a win. Yeah. Okay. So they they lose. Uh, the under the over under has to be nine and a half, right? And the only other game that I could there's two games. It's North Texas and UAB. They, they both surround the bye week. Those are the I two think games. The UAB one is technically speaking. Well, Western Kentucky could be challenging, but Western Kentucky's not going to be just easy either. Right. Yeah. They only beat them 52 to 46 last year. Well, they, they played twice, and Western Kentucky sh- not necessarily should have yeah. won both games, but Helton right. gave them, a, like, if you watch those games, Helton gives them away by just calling timeouts at stupid times, kicking field goals every attempt he gets, refusing to go for it on fourth down. Like, there's, there's, a easy there was an easy path to UTSA losing so, both those games. But, ten wins, but the, the goat is gone from Western Kentucky. So, so we're at ten. Yeah, so we are, we're on the right. record saying ten. Uh, Pulling up the the total now. I'm guessing the total is nine and a half. Um, eight and a half. Eight and a half. So with they heavy, have them with heavy under juice. So that's what I'm saying. UAB, Western Kentucky, North Texas. Those three games. Yeah. They're probably okay. going to lose one of those games if I yeah. had to. To and the really the win. army is no gimme as well, right? So that's that's why. But we're going to stick with ten, um, and then you guys have a request for the second team. I do not. Did did you solicit uh, opinions in Discord? I did not. Okay. Well, where'd you come up with the first one? On the fly. On the fly, because we had talked about Eddie Lee. <laughs> about Eddie Lee. Okay. <laughs> So we will jump now. Let me run through. Do you that. want to go to the soon to, to be defunct Pac-12? Pour one out for the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah we pour go. one out. Good idea. I'm gonna pull out uh, UCLA. Oh, uh, okay. 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 Have we done them yet? No. No. No, I don't. Dude, check that. out their their beautiful non-conference. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I feel like of all conferences. Pac-12 would be the most confusing for us. I could see us, if we did every single team in the Pac-12 this week, like if we just did like three a day or something like that, 
Like we would, we would just completely go against what we say every single day. On who wins what game. Like this whole conference could be a just complete. It's actually a good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good though. strategy too because the Pac-12 is in the news right now. We probably get a lot of traffic. We just got to tag them. We got to hashtag them. We got to do it right. Hashtag realignment. Yeah, we exactly. use the word realignment and draft in the same <laughs> sentence. It's gold. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and run through UCLA real quick. So I think the first three are wins. We can agree Bowling Green, Alabama yeah. State, South Alabama. Although I will say I was really close to doing a Bowling Green stack in this G5 draft I'm in. Oh, God. And then I decided not to. But I was very, very close to it. It's close. Matt, if Matt I didn't McDonald. get the UConn guy, I was getting Matt McDonald. If I oh was boy. if I was going that route, I had to do it. But yeah, yeah. I think they start three and up. Four and after Colorado. Uh, Colorado, yeah. so they got four and five and zero after five Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Utah, I think, is where they get the loss. Well, <clears throat> real quickly, I think anytime a team faces a punter at quarterback, like at Washington, <laughs> it's a guaranteed win. Is, so, yes. Are you referring to Penix or Hort? I'm referring to both of them. Okay. <laughs> I've combined their efforts and they're yeah. still a, just a punter. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, they're just a, they're great at arm punting, which everybody needs every now and then. But yeah, uh, yeah I think um, I think yeah. that's an easy five and zero. Oh. All right. <laughs> real quick, real, I'm sorry. I'm going to just combobulate all this again. I was looking at Caden McNamara in this Power Five draft that we're in, Andrew. I, I just apologize for being so explicit. Uh, how many yards do you think Caden McNamara threw against Washington last year in their win? against against who? Washington. Uh, 180. 47. <laughs> JJ already went in that, in that league, right? Uh, he went very, yeah, most very recently, but like, well, I think, it's, a, it's a dynasty. Well, I'm saying in the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, I think Michigan's offense was just like, you know what, we can run it, we're good, we don't need to worry about it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just ridiculous. They're beating Washington. It's an easy five and zero. Oh. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. Get Utah. Uh, by the way, the Washington game was a Friday night. Not that that really makes a difference. They got an extra day. It's at home. If anything, yeah. it makes it better because it's at home. Yeah. Right. They get an extra day to prepare for Utah. I still think they lose to Utah. They have Utah at home. Yeah. but I mean, I, I am investing in Utah, so I will pick Utah to win. Yeah, yeah I like Utah. Utah too. I just think they do a lot of good things. Like a lot of yeah. good things at all the areas they like, right? Great quarterback play reliable running backs you know they got running backs a defensive back position you can't stop defense yeah. yeah then they get the bye week then they come off the bye at oregon probably the toughest one, game to predict here yeah this is the one where i'm 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 almost coin flip at I'm oregon gonna, makes it tough i'm gonna say at oregon, oregon makes it very tough <sighs> no i don't know off the bye week, but at Oregon. At Oregon. I'm fine with the loss. I think it's, it's close. Dude, I think it's close, but I think they lose. Yeah, the problem becomes if you pick them to beat Oregon, they're 11-1. and one. Right. Or no, because we gave them the Utah loss. I guess it'd be 10. So they lost to Oregon last year by three at home. 
So I yeah, I think it's close. I think you're looking at probably a touchdown either way. Yeah, very close. I think we go with the fighting bow nexus though. <laughs> okay, so we give them a loss to Oregon. Stanford, they'll beat Stanford. That's a win, yeah. At Arizona State, they beat them. That's yep. a win. Arizona, they beat them. That's a win. USC. I think that's a loss. I mean, it's a rivalry yeah. game, and that might make it closer than it should be. But, like, to me. I mean, they kicked the shit out of USC last year. <laughs> it's a different I, USC. Okay? I know it's a different USC. I know. I'm sorry. I'm I think Andrew I don't think I've ever seen you come out that aggressively with the statement. I loved every second of that. <laughs> well, Andrew already blew I'm, I'm the explicit tag earlier, so I knew I could go for it. Zach, I got the loss, and the, and uh, Andrew's got the win, so it's up to you. I think USC. Wins, I think Andrew I think USC win. wins too. It is a different USC. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to lean USC. So I think UCLA loses here, and then they close at Cal. It's a win. win. So we have them starting five and zero. Oh. They're five and one, five and two, six and two, seven two, eight and two, eight and three, nine and three. That seems pretty reasonable. I what's mean, what's the number? Win total has to be eight and a half or nine. It is eight and a half. Yeah. So we have them going nine. That's pretty solid. And we're going to stay in the Pac-12 for the. If we want yeah. to do more than three, we, we can. don't know how much longer no. they're going to be relevant. Yeah, let's do that. one more and we'll call it. All right, so we will do. What about Stanford? Let's do. Let's do Stanford. Okay. Stanford. Stanford's great for me because they have that week three buy, which I'm just a real big fan of right now. I'm real, ex- uh, you know, focused on bye weeks these days with buy uh, with best ball tournaments, and I just love a good bye week, and they have a week three bye, so. Cool. I'm in. All right. So they open Colgate. That's a win. USC loss. Yep. Week three bye. Come back at Washington. I just don't think Washington's any good. But the pro- is Stanford the problem good? is is Stanford any good? Yeah. I'm gonna lean Washington is gonna win that game. Stanford was so weird last year because until McKee got hurt, it felt like they were competitive in lots of games and winning some games. And then McKee got hurt, and it was revealed that whatever is behind him is just not of any sort of quality whatsoever. And they just t- went in the tank. He came back. I think he, it still felt like he was still kind of playing hurt. Like, like ironically, they won three games, and it was against USC, Vanderbilt, and Oregon. That's only, only three years. games they won. They lost. They lost out. Like they were three and two, and then they lost the rest of their games. I would feel more comfortable saying that game ends under twenty total points scored than actually picking who wins. It's tw- it was twenty to thirteen loss last year. Yeah. I'll go Stanford. I would lean. I don't feel good about it, Andrew. Stanford, I, I, I have pretty good vibes about Stanford this year. Okay, so they got the win there. So they're 2-1. and one. Then they come back at Oregon. Loss. Loss, okay. Yeah, Which, ironically, they beat them last year. So they get Oregon State right after that. Did they play last year? They um, did. They I, got I'm smoked. 
They got smoked last year by 20. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is tough. Like we're. I'm going to say they win. They're at home. I'll, I'll lean that way because they're at home. You guys got two wins already, so yeah. I don't have to okay. worry about that. Two win. At Notre Dame. Loss. Loss. Arizona State for homecoming. What did we pick back in the day? It's been like Arizona six State? weeks. So yeah, we've done Arizona State. That was a big thing for us. Yeah. They won five games. So mm. I think they they're they beating beat, Arizona State. Beat Arizona we need to give Arizona yeah. State as many losses as possible. <laughs> <laughs> homecoming at home? Yeah. I think those they beat Arizona State. Those two things not necessarily correlated. Right. So then they lose to UCLA. Are you sure? I don't know. What did we just say? Yeah, yeah, they lose to UCLA. Yeah, they lose to UCLA. Washington State, I think they win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's better, Oregon State or Washington State? Quick. Oregon State. Oregon State, yeah. Okay, then we should say that Stanford wins because we have them beating Oregon State, right? So. But how do you feel about Cameron Ward? I mean, we I'm all know that kidding. answer. I'm just kidding. I know we've talked about it. Like, Not to rehash that one, but yeah. Yeah. So we'll end up beating Washington State. Then they lose at Utah. I think we're all in agreement yep. there. And then they play at Cal. Win. Yep. Then they close with BYU. What a rough schedule. Yeah, this is an interesting yeah. one. Even like even if you feel relatively good about them, the closing like non it's still tough to like have them have their season progress in a way that is is strong or even just bowl eligible, right? So, you got to feel for these teams that like they have decent years, but like eighty percent of their wins come in the first half. So like they're it's just completely demoralizing to end it, you know, like. Yeah. You know, they they start five and zero, oh, and then they end six and six. You know, it's like, geez, so that's the BYU rough. game. We're picking them to lose. Yeah, BYU's winning yeah. that game, or okay. else they will go crazy on us on Twitter. Like, <laughs> B, I think I see more stuff on our Twitter feed for BYU than any other team. Even Bama, I see more BYU stuff than Bama. Those guys right. are fearless. Let's recap. <laughs> so USC's a loss. Oregon's a loss. Notre Dame loss. Notre Dame's a loss. UCLA is a loss. Utah's a loss. BYU. BYU's a loss. That's six and six. Six and six. So what is the number, Andrew? Four and a half. Oh. Oh. Hammer that over. I don't know about that. We like <laughs> all, like we gave them six wins, but how many of them do you actually feel really comfortable? About? I don't feel comfortable. Oregon State, Washington Colgate. State can easily be losses. Colgate, the only one I feel good about. Colgate, yeah. Yeah, David Shaw. By the way, David Shaw's making like forty million a year, and we're like maybe thinking six and six. How does that guy still have a job? By the way, we picked them to beat Cal, and they got beat. They got obliterated by Cal last year. Cal was great last year, forty-one to eleven. Cal had their moment. I think you need to throw out everything that happened in the second half with them, (laughs) with like that. The idea that the Q, the weight that you need to actually put into QB one when QB two and three are what Stanford has, like you can't, you can't. I don't think you can model it in a way that is actually realistic. 
because did you watch the games where Jack West and the the Air Force guy Isaiah Sanders had to play? Like these guys are not even FCS level talents. But then they kind of rotate early. I remember burning so much money on Austin Jones. Like, dude, they started. He they, they rotated started a little bit Jack early. West week one. Oh, I but both were awful is what I'm saying early. McKee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think like a game has, to get going. I think McKee has some potential, and he's very clearly the best quarterback of the bunch. But their offense was pretty bad early. <laughs> like when anybody was Sanders is like a no-brainer bad situation. Yeah. West is a very obvious. McKee's your best bet for sure. But I don't know. That offense looks which is weird because they have receiver talent. They have yeah. Urasek at tight end. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they've been able to figure out using three tight ends. Well, like, they, it, like you, they have enough guys to make a quarterback be decent. So. They're still trying to lean into their, like, Toby Gerhardt identity when the, the talent screams otherwise. Well, thank it's God they're paying $40 million a year for their coach to think that way. You right, know? Right, right. It's like, good Lord. You know, David Shaw figured it out, man. Like. You're supposed to be the smart guy, like find you a new OC or something. Exactly. All right. So we recap them with six wins. Um, that's all we've, I think we're going to cover tonight. So we, Chris and I might do a, a, another win total series at some point this week. Who knows? We got to cover more teams. Three, three a night. It's not going to, not going to get us anywhere. Three a week and cutting it, but we'll get there. You're right. We'll get there. So um, unless you guys got anything else, I think that's all we got. So, that's great. All right, until next week. Later, guys. See you guys.